0: 126 of the wheel and in this week's episode is an interview that jenny and i recorded with andrew anderson summer is really on its way now and the pagan gatherings have already started and this week i will be getting ready to attend my first obod summer gathering in glastonbury i must confess i won't actually be camping but i'm really looking forward to meeting friends and hopefully making new ones It's been a long time since I've visited Glastonbury and apart from planning the places to visit there, there is of course essential pagan shopping to be done. Not having any local pagan shops, just being able to browse in one of the famous shops in Glastonbury will be a real luxury. At the summer gathering there will be a number of sessions but one about storytelling really caught my eye because I'm very interested in learning more. Our seed group recently had an online storytelling evening and it seemed to go really well and we had a lot of fun with building a story game although we may have confirmed people's suspicions that we are a bit of a strange lot although as there was a giant mongoose and a Boris Johnson snake involved they're probably right. Hopefully it will stand us in good stead for telling stories around the campfire. Week on our Ask a Path segment, we're really pleased to have a returning visitor of Andrew Anderson, who is an author and his new book, The Magic of Cats, is out. Welcome back.
1: Hello, thank you very much for having me back.
0: <laughs> so, we know you follow
2: a druidic path, but since we last spoke to you, where has your path taken you?
1: Uh, well, it's it's been quite interesting. I've uh now gone into the druid grade of Obod. So I and I've finished the druid grade of Obod. So I'm I'm a fully fledged certificated uh druid. Uh I'm a, a mentor as well for Obod. I actually tried to turn a bit of my druidry into my job. So I left the various bits and pieces I was doing and I became an environmental manager and a, an environmental health and safety manager so that I could take aspects of my spirituality and apply them in the workplace. I care about nature, so I want to work proactively to uh, support biodiversity and uh, make our business more sustainable. So I've, I've turned a spirituality into something very pragmatic. And that's been great. I've really enjoyed that. But as part of that, I also dropped a lot of the magical stuff out. And the pragmatic element became kind of the main element, if you like. So I'm actually kind of in the process at the minute of going back to the magical element, picking up more of that. Uh, I went to a druid-grade Gorsed recently, which really introduced me back into the the power of the four elements. Uh, So, yeah, that's where I am at the moment. I'm trying to break out of a kind of a very pragmatic, earthbound role and trying to be a little bit more magical.
0: So recently in the Obod fireside chat you shared that during lockdown you created some Kylie Minogue sonnets and I was wondering could you share one with us please
1: yes yeah, so, but I, I want to explain a little bit because it does sound a bit odd <laughs> so I work in the Shakespeare industry big fan of Shakespeare also very big fan of Kylie Minogue from when I was younger and so what I decided to do was to take Kylie songs and turn them into full-on Shakespearean sonnets. So they've got the meter, they've got the vows and the dies and the everything, and so they work as sonnets. So um, I've decided to read you what I call Sonnet 35, and hopefully fairly early on in this, you will kind of get which song I'm talking about. Oh, I just cannot get thee from my head so i sing la 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 then once again oh i just cannot get thee from my head so la 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 becomes my sad refrain indeed i dare not think about thy charms though night and day i dream that thou wilt stay if only i could be within thy arms forever and forever i would lay within me is a dark and secret art a deeper need a will to be set free Oh, do not leave me locked within thy heart. Forever and forever stay with me. Oh, la, 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 again becomes my thread. For I just cannot get thee from my head.
2: Oh, they are absolutely brilliant. I could hear you do those all day. (laughs) Thank you.
1: There's 75 in total. You'd get bored about halfway through.
2: (laughs) I I really don't think I would. So... (laughs) still in poetry, um, your latest book, The Magic of Cats, what inspired you to write this book? Ah.
1: Uh, well, this the thing that inspired me to write this book were my two boys, my two cats, Marlow and Alfie. Marlowe's black and white and Alfie's a big ginge and I've had them both for about 16 years, although Alfie's a little bit older. Uh, he's about 19. So, after my previous book about Artio and r I was scoping around, as you do, to find out what to write about next. And I thought, oh, I'll write a book about cats and magic. But there's tons, tons out there on cats and magic. So I thought the publisher will never take it. So I put it to one side and just left that idea. Um, and then Moon Books uh, contacted all of us who are authors for them and said, we want to write a series of books called The Magic of on different animals so for example there's one about butterflies and moths there's one about serpents and i immediately replied cats i want to do the magic of cats because a i've kind of got a bit of it planned um but also i've got this poem called the cat of the night and the cat of the day which is based on my two boys marlo and alfie and i think it would make a really good structure for the book so that's kind of the unique part of this book, if you like, is uh, it talks about the cat of the night, which is the witch's cat, the cat who's kind of secretive and hides in the shadows related to the moon, uh, but also the cat of the day, who is a different kind of cat. I propose that there is another and an equally as magical cat out there who sits in the sunshine rather than sitting in the light of the moon. So uh, that's that's what prompted it. It was uh, an idea from my cats and a question from the publisher.
0: So as you said, Alfie and Marlowe inspired the narrative poem The Cat of the Night and The Cat of the Day. A, cre- a cat creation myth for kittens of all ages, as I believe you've called it. Indeed. Would you share a rendition of it with us, please?
1: Of course. Yes, no problem. So, yeah, the idea behind it was, as I said, Marlow's black and white, so it's a bit like the nighttime, and Alfie's ginger, so he's like sunshine... And I wanted to think about how cats thought of the world being created. And so I came to this idea of the cat of the night and the cat of the day. It's meant to be a a poem that's read by a mother cat to her kittens, kind of at bedtime. So snuggle down, get ready. Uh, And I will read you the cat of the night and the cat of the day. Long, long ago, before there was time, before there was music or stories or rhyme, The moon loved the sun so much she gave birth to a small little planet that we call the earth. The moon loved the earth with its rivers and seas. The sun loved the earth with its mountains and trees. Each wanted to give their new child a toy to show the earth how she had filled them with joy. Moon spoke to the stars for help with the task. What gift can I give, she started to ask, when out of her skirt giving her such a fright, rolled a little black cat called the cat of the night. The cat of the night was a black, black cat, a cat so black, he was blacker than black, so black that underneath his coat was every other colour dancing. And Moon so loved the cat of the night, she bathed his heart in purest light. The stars grew close to see him blessed with a white, white moon on his black, black chest. The little black cat twitched his little black nose as the stars lay a kiss on his little black toes. He skipped as they tickled. He jumped left and right when each of his paws turned a bright, brilliant white. So the cat of the night with a black, black nose with a moon on his chest and the stars on his toes was a gift to the earth as a sign of great love from her silvery mother in the dark skies above. Sun ran to his friends, the clouds in such fright. Oh, clouds, have you seen the cat of the night? I need a good gift, he started to say. When out of his crown rolled the cat of the day. The cat of the day was a white, white cat, a cat so white he was whiter than white, so white that underneath his coat was every other colour dancing. And sun so loved the cat of the day, he chased his friends the clouds away, then filled the cat's belly with deep golden heat, which coloured his tail, his body and feet. The clouds gathered round where the golden cat laid, and crisscrossed his back with a deep, cooling shade. He lolled and he wriggled, he stretched and he rolled, as his coat became striped with a deepening gold. So the cat of the day, with a pink, pink nose, with a dark, stripy back and the bright golden toes, was a gift to the earth as a sign of great love from her fiery father in the bright skies above. The earth loved the moon, and the earth loved the sun, and earth loved the cats and would cuddle each one. When the cats saw each other, they wanted to play and started a race, which goes on to this day. They race and they chase and they chase and they run because running and racing and chasing is fun. They chase from the east and they race to the west because running and racing and chasing is best. Each morning at sunrise, the cat of the day rolls over the hills, chasing nighttime away. At sunset, the other one rolls into sight and darkness belongs to the cat of the night. In summer, the daytimes are longer and bright when the cat of the day beats the cat of the night. In winter, the cat of the night wins the sport. So nighttimes are long and daytimes are short. They chase from the east and they race to the west because running and racing and chasing is best. They race and they chase and they chase and they run because running and racing and chasing is fun. Moon follows the night, sun follows the day as they run and they race and they chase and they play. Each follows the cat they created from love, looking down on the game from the skies up above. Earth still loves the moon. Earth still loves the sun. Earth still loves the cats and embraces each one. And the chase still goes on because that's how they play. The cat of the night and the cat of the day.
2: Oh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Absolutely (laughs) lovely. So in your second chapter of the book, you talk about associations between cats and witchcraft. And you mentioned the goddess Hecate. Could you tell us a little bit more about her association with cats?
1: Yes, absolutely. There's a fair amount in the chapter on on Hecate. And it begins, really, the first association is when uh, Hecate challenges Typhon uh she uh well Typhon's this giant kind of monster whose head knocks the stars out of their orbits, and she's kind of attacked by him, and so she turns into a cat uh to get away from him and of course, being in the shape of a cat, Typhon doesn't recognize her and so as a way of honoring the cat and rewarding the cat for getting her out of that situation, the cat became sacred to hecate and there's, a, there's another story about the conception of Hercules, which is very kind of twisty, turny, but essentially the maid of Hercules's mother is turned into a cat for, for meddling in this magical business. Uh, and she's turned into a cat and goes off to be with Hecate too. So there's quite a lot of associations between the two.
0: It was interesting to read that in a number of cultures, cats had a protective role. Why do you think that was?
1: Uh, I think if you have a cat, I think you understand that quite well, why they're protective. They are, I mean, they're, they're scared of most things. They will run away and leave you facing danger by yourself in the real world. So there is, there is that. But I think if you, if you have a cat on your lap, and the cat is purring you kind of feel like you're being protected by that cat and in a way that's because the cats purr we know that the cat's purr has a healing quality it, the cats purr at the frequency that repair bone for example so cats are very very good for that and i think it's partly to do with that that when we sit with a cat as a as a human and a cat interaction that they feel like they're looking after you but also they they are associated with the nighttime, they're very inquisitive. They will go and stick their nose into things that they shouldn't really. And so I think there is that's the other side of it. So we feel like they're protecting us when they're sitting on us and purring, but they will go out into the dark and protect us from the things that are out there. So I think it's a, a twofold thing, really.
2: Several goddesses like Herodwin and Freya are associated with cats. What is it about these goddesses that make cats' suitable assistants?
1: Well, I think there there is a, a very strong connection between cats and the feminine, the divine feminine anyway. That comes through the link to the moon. Um, a number of uh, cultures around the world link the cat and the moon because the cat's eye seems to change, like the moon changes. And so that's been taken as linking the cat to the moon. So within that, we become, cats become associated with the divine feminine as well. But I think, I think it's to do with skill Um, because Freya has a, has a uh, chariot that is pulled by two cats. And I think there has to be a certain irony there. We have the phrase of herding cats, um, and how difficult it is to get a bunch of cats all moving in the same direction. So I think Freya and you know the, as as, a, as an Anderson as a Viking myself um knowing that Vikings like ginger cats, I think there's a little touch of irony there that it, the Vikings are showing us just how skillful Freya was because she can make cats pull something in the same direction.
0: What would you say the benefits of working with what Jung called your inner cat? Oh.
1: I think if we can all awaken our inner cat, that would be quite cool. (laughs) For a start, we'd all be a lot more chilled out. Uh, We would all perhaps relax a little bit more, take a bit more time about the world than we do. Maybe get in tune with it a little bit more. I mean, that's the key about cats, isn't it, really, is that cats are very, very... They have very, very attuned senses. So becoming attuned to our inner cat will just help us become a bit more in tune with the world really it will also help us to see things differently and from a like you say from a Jungian perspective cats are very good at seeing in the dark and so our inner cat can help us maybe see the bits of us that are in shadow or are in darkness so they help us to see more into ourselves so working with an inner cat would bring greater self-knowledge I believe
2: So I know that during COVID, you had to be especially careful. Now, how has life been coming out of lockdown?
1: Um, Well, I was still in a a form of lockdown until February this year. I was still not going into work very much. I was still pretty much isolating from people. Uh, If I was just in a room with another person, I would wear a mask. Because as I think I mentioned last time I was on, I was shielding someone so i live with someone who is extremely clinically vulnerable and so the, the 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 pressure of giving covid to someone who is vulnerable was was very great so i was being very careful however what well, the person i was trying to shield got covid and gave it to me so <laughs> it all went the other way around so i've now had covid and they've had covid and it was rough and it was difficult but uh, all of those mitigations that we had in place have gone because essentially we've been through it so for about the last 2 months i've been maskless i've been back out i've been seeing people i've been in work and it's been wonderful it was it was a bit like it was a very sudden change moving from a form of a, a, a very careful living into kind of going back out into shops and things but i'm i'm relishing it it's it's I hadn't realised just how much I was missing,
0: I think. So finally, are there any books or maybe other resources you could recommend about Cats and Magic?
1: Yeah, well, obviously, if you want to know about Cats and Magic, the best book to buy, I have to say, would be mine, (laughs) The Magic of Cats. But there is a really good book, and it was a book that I deliberately avoided because uh, it's a very practical book by uh, an author called Deborah Blake, and it's a book called The Little Book of Cat Magic. Now, that's quite different to my book in that it actually gives you spells to, to use with your cat to find out your cat's name, for example, and how to use cat in, cats in a magical sense. Again, like mine, where I have Marlo and Alfie, it's a theme running through the book. She has her cat who pops up as a little character as you work through. But it's a very practical book and it's a, it's a really lovely book for anyone who loves cats and magic.
2: I just wanted to ask a a quick follow up there. Do you find that your actual cats that you have play a part in your magical practice? And the reason that I ask this is I had a cat called Tink. And whenever I cast a circle for a magical working or a ritual, she would come and check it for me. She would walk around and it didn't matter if I was on my own. I was a group or with a group of people she would do that and I honestly think it's because she didn't trust me to do it properly.
1: <laughs> no they put no cats probably wouldn't. <laughs> my my two my two boys have an interesting relationship with magic and circles and things. Marlow literally stomps into the room looks at it and stomps out again. He wants nothing to do with it frankly. Alfie's very different. Um Alfie is a cat who doesn't like you drifting away, so if you're doing ritual work he will he will come and sit in the middle of the circle and disrupt it so there was a there was a particular uh, a, I love Lunasa. it's one of my favorites and uh, I was doing this great ceremony and I invoked the god Lou to come into the circle with me and literally at the point I invoked got Lou. Alfie walked into the circle with a meow and flipped onto his back to me to rub his tummy it was like so so now you think you're a god is (laughs) is this is this it but Alfie Alfie is a bit more wary of my circles but he tries to pull me out of them but he doesn't like me drifting off anyway so if I If I'm playing on my phone and I get distracted by something on my phone, he will come and try to pull me out of that. Alf is very, uh, very much a cat of this world. And that's kind of formed the basis for the cat of the day. But he wants me here. And anything that pulls me away from him, he's not best pleased about, really.
2: Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming back and chatting to us. It's been a brilliant read the book. And it's been really nice (laughs) to hear a little bit more about Marlowe and Alfie. So thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you so much for having me back. Any time, it's always a pleasure chatting to the pair of you. It's lovely.
0: It's always a pleasure to talk to Andrew. And I have to confess that during the interview, my own cat of the night tried to make an appearance. Will you be off to a pagan camp this year? Or have you already been to one? Come and tell us over on our Facebook page, The Wheel. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Until next week, bye. <music>